Chapter 17 A Bold and Earnest Profession David said, O Lord, truly I am thy servant. Psalm 116, 16. Truly. The word of caution is that if you become the servant of God, become the servant of God truly. God is not mocked. Galatians 6, 7. It is the curse of our churches that we have so many merely nominal Christians in them. It is the plague of this age that so many people put on Christ's uniform yet never do a single thing for him. Oh, if you serve God, mean it. If a man serves the devil, let him serve the devil. But if he serves God, let him serve God. Some people serve their business very actively, but not their God. Years ago, there was a brother who used to pray at the prayer meeting occasionally in a low tone, as if he had no lungs left. You could seldom hear what he said, and if you listened and strained your ear, there was still nothing to hear. I thought that the brother had a bad voice, and so I stopped calling on him to pray. But stepping one day into his shop, I heard him say in a commanding voice, John, fetch that half hundred. I thought, that is the kind of voice he has in his business, but when he comes into the service of God, that little squeak is all he can give. Is there not much of this hypocrisy all over the world? God is to have the leftovers of a person's life, and he flings these down as if they were all that God was worth. But he gives to the world the strength of his life and the best of his being. God does not want servants in name only. O Lord, truly I am thy servant, said David. He who does not intend to truly be God's servant, let him not pretend to be one at all. I want every young man who is a Christian to make it known by an open declaration of his discipleship. There shouldn't be anyone who follows the Lord Jesus Christ in an inferior, private, indistinct, questionable way. It has become the custom of many to try to be Christians and never say anything about it. This is beneath contempt. I urge you, true servants of Christ, to be open about it, and never be ashamed of it because if ever a bold profession was required, it is required now. You may not be burned at the stake for saying that you are a Christian, but I believe that the old enmity to Christ is not removed, and a true believer will still be called upon to take up the cross. In many houses in London, a young man will have to run the gauntlet if he is known to be a Christian. He will be attacked and criticized and have to prove himself. Run the gauntlet then, you have an honorable opportunity. It is a grand thing to be permitted to endure reproach for Christ's sake. You should look at it as a great privilege that you are counted worthy not only to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, but also to suffer for His sake. These days the world needs decided men. It seems to be imagined everywhere that you may believe what you like, or believe nothing, and that you may do as you like, or do nothing and the result will be just the same both to the unbeliever and the man of faith. But it is not so. It is time for the outright servant of the Lord to put down his foot and say, I have believed, and that is why I have spoken. I am a Christian, and while I leave you to your individual liberty, I intend to have mine, and I intend to exercise that liberty by being openly and unquestionably on the side of Christ and on the side of that which is pure, straightforward, right, true, and good. 
Is not this well deserved by Christ? If he was never ashamed of us, we should never be ashamed of him. If the Lord of life and glory lowered himself to die for us, could we ever lower ourselves at all, even if we rolled into the mire or dropped into the grave for him? Surely our blessed Lord deserves to be followed by heroes. Every man in the presence of the cross-bearing Jesus should feel that to take up his cross and follow Christ is the simplest and most natural thing that he can do. He should resolve in God's strength that he will do it, and that he will continue to obey the Lord even if all the world would ridicule. Let me tell you that it is the easiest thing to do, after all. As compared with compromise, it is simplicity itself. I have known many young Christians who have come up to London and have determined that they would serve God if they could, but would keep it very quiet. They have attempted to be private Christians, but they have failed. If you are a genuine Christian, it will be found out as certainly as you are alive. If you go down to Mitcham when the lavender is ripe, you may shut all your windows, but you will find that the scent of the lavender will somehow get into your house. Christianity has a perfume about it that will spread abroad so that all in the house inquire, What is all this? The wicked gossips will whisper that you are a Christian young man, and if you have not been open about it at first, it will be very hard for you afterward. Begin as you intend to continue, young man. Don't hide your flag and try to sail under false colors, for both the good and the bad will be against you in that case. You will be hunted from place to place if the dogs find that you will run. You will make rare sport for the hunters if you take to your heels. Come straight out and let them do their best or their worst. Live a most consistent life, and the other young fellows will know where you stand. They will soon see what you are, and if you are sincere, they will leave you alone before long. If they do not, patience is still yours. If they continue to persecute you, so much the worse for them, for you, by your quiet and holy life, will make them feel that it is hard for them to oppose and resist the truth of your life. In any case, be bravely open about following Jesus. Some young fellows are like rats behind the walls. You don't mind coming out at night to eat the crumbs on the floor, but you quickly go back in hiding again. By this I mean that you will join in religious exercises if it is not known to the people you work with, but you would not for the world become suspected of real religion. Is that how true Christians should act? No. Put on your uniform. But I don't care about joining a church, someone says. That may be true. But do you not know that it is found to be a convenient and proper thing in warfare that a soldier should wear a uniform? At first, Oliver Cromwell's Ironsides were dressed any which way, but in the battles with the Cavaliers, an Ironside was sometimes struck down by mistake by the sword of one of his own brethren, and so the general said, You wear red coats, all of you. We must know our own men from the enemy. Cromwell meant what he said, and the men had to come in their red coats, for it is found essential in warfare that men should be known by some kind of uniform. You who are Christ's, do not go around as if you were ashamed of His Majesty's service. Put on your red coats. Come out clearly as acknowledged Christians. Unite with a body of true Christian people, and be distinctly known to be Christ's. 
How are the ordinances of the Lord's house to be sustained if everyone is to go to heaven alone by the back way? Come out boldly. If anyone wants to laugh at a Christian, step out and say, Laugh at me! If anybody wants to abuse a fellow and call him a hypocrite or anything else, come on, I'm ready for you. Once you have done that and have taken a clear stand, you will find it the easiest thing in life to bear the reproach of Christ. Young men, if you meet with any reproach for Christ, a reward awaits you. Shall I tell you a parable? There was once a king's son who went upon a journey incognito, and he journeyed into a far country. However, he was poorly treated there, and because of his language and his appearance, the people of the land set him in the pillory, which was used in the past as a place of scorn. They set him there, and the mob gathered around him and threw all kinds of filth and waste upon him. This unknown prince must necessarily be pelted in this manner and be made as the offscouring of all things. 1 Corinthians 4.13. But there was among them one man who loved the prince and who recognized him, and he was determined to be associated with him. He mounted the pillory, stood by the prince's side, wiped his face with his handkerchief, and whenever he could he put himself in the way of the mire and dirt so that it would hit him instead of the prince. Years went by, and it came to pass that the prince was back in his kingdom in all his glory, and the attendants were standing around the throne. This man, who had been a poor man in his own country, was summoned to the court, and when he arrived at the palace the prince saw him and said to the peers of the realm, Stand aside and make way for this man. He was with me when I was poorly treated and scorned, and now he will be with me in my glory, highest among you here. Don't you know the story of how our Lord Jesus came down to earth and suffered many things, and how he was despised and rejected of men? Isaiah 53, 3. Young man, are you the man who would wipe his blessed face and share his shame and take half turns with the man of Nazareth in all the abuse and scorn? Are you that man? Then there will come a day when the great Father on his throne will see you and say, Make a path, you angels, stand back, seraphim and cherubim, make way for this man. He was with my son in his humiliation, and now he will be with him in his glory. Will you receive that mark of honor? Not unless you are prepared to put on the badge of Christ and say, I am his servant and his follower from this day until life's end. May God help you to do it. O Lord, lead hundreds of young men to shoulder the cross. Were you ever in chains? Did you ever feel the chains of guilt? Are you believing in Christ? If so, then those chains are loosed, for your sin is forgiven you for Christ's sake, and you are delivered from all condemnation. You are completely delivered from the bonds of guilt and despair. You are also saved from the power of sin. The habits that were your masters are now destroyed. The lusts that lorded it over you are now slain, and you are free. Do you not want to be bound to Christ from now on because he has loosed your chains? I know some men in this world who talk a great deal about being free, but they are always in chains. There is a man I know for whom the devil makes a nauseous mixture, at least to me it's very nauseous, and he says, Drink a quart of it, and he drinks. Drink another, says the devil, and he does so. Drink another, says the devil, 
and his brain begins to reel, and he's all on fire. Drink it, says the devil, and he lets it run down his throat, for he is in chains. I know another man who, against his better self, will go into sin, which he knows to be sin, and knows to be harmful to him. Yet he goes in a foolish manner, and harms himself more and more. He is led by the nose by the devil, and he says that he cannot resist. He is a slave in the worst sense. Blessed is the man who can say, You have loosed my bonds. No evil habit enslaves me now. No passion controls me. No lust enchains me. Young friend, if you can stand up and say, I am free from myself, I am no longer the slave of sin, then you are a blessed man, and you may well be God's servant forever. What a mercy it is to be delivered from the bonds of the fear of man! Some young men dare not call their souls their own for fear of their employers. A great many more are dreadfully in fear of the young man who is near them. They dare not do what is right. Poor babies that they are, they must ask permission to keep a conscience. When they are about to do anything, they are always saying, What will so and so think of it? Does it matter to any true man what all the world thinks about him? Has he not risen out of that? Is he still a slave? Go, says the brave man, think what you will and say what you will. If I serve God, I am not your servant. I will not fall by your criticism, and I will not rise by your praise. Will I be afraid of such a thing myself, and ask permission of another man what I should think, what I should believe, and what I should do? I will die first. When God brings a man to know himself and to be his servant, he sets him free from this cowardly crime of being afraid of a man who will die. So too he sets him free from all the practices and customs of the world. Young man, when you go into business, they will tell you that you must do so and so because it is the custom of the trade. You respond, That's lying. You will be told that it is not exactly lying because your customer is used to your tricks, and he quite understands that a hundred means eighty, and that the best quality means a second class article. I am told that half the business in London is robbery in some form or another if the customs of the trade are not understood. If it is true that it is all understood, it might just as well be done honestly, and it would pay just as well. Yet somehow people feel as if they must do what others have done, or else they will not be able to compete. Slaves! Serfs! Be honest! He is not free who doesn't dare to be honest. Will I not speak my mind? Will I not act out my integrity? If I cannot, then I cannot say with David, Thou hast loosed my bonds. Psalm 116, 16. What a blessing it is when God frees us from the fear of death! Thou hast loosed my bonds. What will it matter to you, young man, if you become the servant of God by faith in Jesus Christ, whether you live or die? If you die early, you are so much sooner in heaven. If you live long, you have that much longer to serve God on earth. Give your heart to Christ. Trust your salvation in those dear hands that were pierced for sinners. Become the servant of God, and you will be provided for, for his children will not lack. Psalm 34, 10. You will be led, guided, 
taught, educated, and prepared for heaven. One of these bright days a convoy of celestial spirits will think it is an honor to be permitted to bear your joyful spirit up to the throne of God. Who then will be the servant of the Most High? I always wish when I have a sermon that I could preach it over again, because I have not done well enough. But all I care to preach for is that I may touch your hearts. I wouldn't care a snap of the fingers to be a narrator or to speak sentences elegantly. I want to declare the truth in such a way that some young man will say, I will serve God. I remember young men who began life when I began, who are now, I will not say what. I remember hearing their names mentioned as good examples. They were such fine young men, and had just gone up to London. Yes, and if they are not in jail tonight, they are in the poorhouse. It all came about in this way. The young man sent word home to his mother what the text was on Sunday, yet he had not been to hear a sermon at all. He had been to some amusement to spend a happy day. Wherever he went, he had neglected the house of God. Little by little, there was a little wrong in his small accounts. It seemed like just a little matter, but once that man had lost his character, he could not pick himself up again. There was another man. There was nothing wrong in his accounts, but his habits were loose. In time, he became ill. Who could wonder? When a man plays with sharp tools, he is very likely to cut himself. It wasn't long before he was so sick that he could not attend to business, and before long he died. It was said of him, and I fear it was true, that he killed himself by vice. That's what happens with thousands of young people in the big cities. Oh, if you become the servant of God, this will not happen to you. You may not be rich, you may not be famous, and you may not be great, but you don't need to want these things. They are very often mere decorated worthless trinkets. To be a man to the fullness of your manhood, to be free and to dare to look every other man in the world in the face and speak the truth and do what is right, to be a man who can look God in the face because Christ has covered him with his glorious righteousness, this is the passion with which I would inspire the spirit of every young man. I pray that the flame may burn in his life by the power of the divine Spirit. Come then, and bow your heads, and say, We will be servants of the living God from this time forth and forever.